1: Get started with a $13 trial set for just three dollars at Harrys. dot slash Blue Wire. That's Harrys. dot slash Blue Wire for a three dollar trial set. Thank
2: you. Oh, experience. 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 It experience. It's
1: experience.
2: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings Week 10 Rankings. Debate by position. You want a position, you hit the time codes or hit the description and you can find the hot links to the list of rankings which will be updated every single morning and right before each of the lock of each of the games. Primetime, Munich morning, because we have a Munich game this week, and then the regular slate, and then we'll be all good to go. Smash a like to the episode, sub to Mayo Media Network, obviously, and sub to the podcast. While you're here as well, the Pat Mayo Experience, DraftKings Listeners League. I don't have the link yet. Hopefully, I get that by the end of the show, and I will plop it down in the description. $15 to play, three max entry, and if you want to make your own projections, it's easy. RunTheSims.com slash Mayo to get yourself that 10% off and get all the tools to help you succeed. Jake Seeley from TheAthletic.com is on the line. Feeling under the weather. I, myself, know all about that. I have two little kids. <laughs> they get sick. They recover, and then like four days later, my wife and I are just like, oh my god, what has just hit us? It's the worst.
3: So that's what, should I just bring it on a Nicole's kid who came to visit from Washington? It's his fault? That's yes. what it is? It's kids? It's always the kids? Always the kids. By the way, at first I thought you said the eunuch game, and I was like, whoa, did I miss something about football this week?
2: Oh, boy, that'd be a tough scene if it was all eunuch games. Yeah, You have to start number one, Varus from Game of Thrones, and you'd be good to go. <laughs>
3: wow. All uh, right. Yeah, that was good.
2: Well, let's talk running backs, get into it. I have Austin Eckler at number one, even with the returning Christian McCaffrey, who was at number two. Did you hear, I saw that Elijah Mitchell's being designated to return from injured reserve. What kind of role do you think that he'll have in that San Francisco backfield? Do you think it really affects McCaffrey all that much? Because I don't, but I would say the return no. of Debo might affect him a little bit.
3: No, nah, I really don't expect either return to do much to him. Uh, I really just think Elijah Mitchell's back to be in one of the primary handcuffs. Similarly, Jan- Jeff Wilson was before he got traded off this team. Now it's just back to Elijah Mitchell, which tells you that they probably felt pretty good about Elijah Mitchell coming off. the Now it does not need to return, as you said. So I'm not worried about Christian McCaffrey at all. I, I, I actually have Christian McCaffrey number one, but I mean, that's nitpicking. I don't really care. So, that's how little concern I have for it.
2: Number three, Derek Henry into Nick Chubb at number four. Saquon, Elvin Kamara, even though he had a very poor Monday Night Football game. That's okay. I mean, it's not okay if you had him, but he's number six in the rankings at Pittsburgh this week. Much easier matchup. Travis Etienne at number seven. Pollard, that's assuming no Zeke, who did not practice on Monday. We'll see how that goes throughout the rest of the week. But that's where I'd have Pollard if no Zeke. We'll have to reassess here in a second uh, if Zeke does return. Josh Jacobs at number nine against India. Then Ken Walker, number 10 in Munich at, quote, Tampa Bay. But again, that's a neutral site game over in Europe well before the other Sunday games. Let's talk Pollard for a second, though. Let's Say Zeke does come back. Where do you think is a proper ranking for both of these guys? And would you put Pollard above Zeke even if both are active?
3: Um, I think I might still go Pollard barely because at this point it's Zeke, it's been what he's been this year is the same as what he was last year. He's touchdown reliant. He's going to get most of the work even though they both get snaps inside the goal line area the 10, 5 and 3. Uh, Zeke gets the carries, Zeke gets the touches. So I think they'd be very close. I'd probably think that Pollard would fall around. I'd actually put Pollard right with DeAndre Swift, uh, and then Zeke would kind of be with, like, Naja Harris and Miles Sanders for your rankings. That's kind of where I would slot them in.
2: Okay, so let's go to the eleven to twenty range. I have Dalvin Cook at number eleven, Jonathan Taylor. More on him in a second. Damian Pierce, <laughs> AJ, AJ Dillon. Assuming no Aaron Jones in this game. James Conner, Cordero Patterson, Donta Foreman, and that I'm assuming there's no Chuba Hubbard. But even if there is, it's going to be a tough scene. Jamal Watters. It does matter. Maybe it doesn't, though. Because we'll, Okay, we'll talk about a bunch of these situations then. Jamal Williams at 18, Leonard Fournette at 19, DeAndre Swift, who you mentioned, at number 20. I would still go Pollard ahead of DeAndre Swift yes. with Zeke back at this point.
3: Yes. Yeah, that's what I was saying, at Swift. And then uh, Zeke, I would play over Nasha Harris, but I'd also play Miles Sanders over Nasha Harris at this point. I, I, I think that... That list Frank is legitimately a problem at uh, that burst, any pop he's had behind the line trying to get through that first level is gone this year if you're watching the games and everybody's like oh ooh, this is what we said Najee Harris isn't that good like yeah who was saying that last year who was sitting there saying oh Najee Harris leading the NFL and running back receptions and doing what he was doing last year he's not that good he's not that good sure. So, yes, Najee Harris is not necessarily one of the top four running backs in all the NFL, but he's better than this. But that's why I think it is the list Frank injury. Maybe this is like Antonio Gibson from last year, Pat. Remember that where Antonio Gibson got that brief layoff and everybody's like, wow, he needs a few weeks. And everybody's like, give him a couple weeks, let him get 100%. And then he came back from that brief layoff and it was like, oh, well, that's all he needed. Maybe that's all he needs. And maybe there's a little upside, but until he see it, I'm not ready to play him even in front of some split backfields. Uh, and then if it is terrible as it has been, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing the shift to Jalen Warren as maybe they think, hey, let's save him for next year, which is, I think, what you may have been alluding to with Jonathan Taylor. Like, if this team is going to go belly up, maybe we stop playing Jonathan Taylor, banged up, and just look to next year.
2: That's what I was considering. Let's talk about Taylor first, then. Do you think that he actually ends up playing this week?
3: I'm, I'm, if you asked me today, I would lean no over Yes.
2: I mean, I, I'm obviously leaning yes over no, hence why he's in the rankings. But let's pretend he's out. How far does Dion Jackson go up? Because... This was something that you know, we talked. To, I talked about a little bit on the Saturday show last week when I did the rankings update that, yeah, it's great in everything that Deion Jackson had double-digit targets last time that he was thrust into the starting role. That was with Matt Ryan at quarterback. Sam Ellinger, a lot of the time, I mean, he's significantly worse than Matt Ryan, as it appears, and he's just going to take that ball down and tuck it in and either take a sack or try to run with it rather than trying to dump it off every single time, and that is going to substantially hurt your overall fantasy value. Like... Even if it was no Jonathan Taylor, I'm just looking at it right now. Like, where would I put him? I, maybe I would put him at number 29 behind both
3: Bears running backs. Mm, so part of it, too, I, it's the health of Deion Jackson comes into the play as well. He got banged up in that game. He came back. Came back. Then No, but then he left again, and he was done for the rest of the game. Now, maybe that's part of you know the injury. Maybe that's part of that he didn't look that good. The game was pretty much out of hand at that point. Whatever it might be. Uh, I actually had Deion Jackson in the teens and not in the top 12 range because of what you're saying it was there's a the concern that Ellinger versus Matt Ryan would hurt him a little bit. The volume would help, but he was getting all the volume. He just wasn't doing very good because the offense wasn't doing very good. There's nothing there. So you look at the Raiders and you say, hey, things should be better this week on paper, but how much better? So I would say if we knew Deion Jackson was 100%, uh, the wonderful trade of Zach Moss, watch him become the lead. I think that Dion Jackson would probably slot in right a back at that conversation with Najee Harris and Miles Sanders again for me. And then I probably I'm with you. I I'd probably want to go. Miles Sanders would want to go Antonio Gibson. I'd want to go David Montgomery. So that's kind of the range he falls into. And now if he's banged up and all of a sudden we're talking about uh, Wilkins, who first game back with this team stepped right past Philip Lindsay. And I'm assuming Zach Moss gets the chance over Lindsay now too. I mean, they're going to be down by, like, Daryl Henderson. You might as well consider the Colts' backfield the Rams' backfield at that point.
2: Yeah, I have Daryl Henderson at 36 for reference. That's behind two, yeah, two Denver running backs, which I have no idea how that... How do you think that situation shakes out? Because I have Edmonds above... I have Gordon one spot ahead of Edmonds at 34 and 35. Although, if you told me that Latavius Murray ended up being the highest-scoring running back from this field, I'm not going to be super stunned about that either. I have him further down just based on the profile and game that I would expect him to play this week that, I don't know, I could see Melvin handling a lot of the carries. Like, he'd be in a split backfield in terms of carries with Latavius Murray. But Chase Edmonds probably still more involved in the receiving game than both of them, but maybe not all the way because he's the new to the team.
3: Yeah, so I actually think this kind of plays out somewhat like the commanders. I'd say Latavius Murray is uh, – My opinion, Antonio Gibson, because they were using him as the lead at times, but also somewhat using him in the passing game. I think at this point, Melvin Gordon has kind of fallen into the Brian Robinson role and they've eliminated his touches outside of like the early downs. Not a lot of passing game work, but that's where the McKissick versus Edmonds role comes into play. So I want to avoid the Denver backfield at all costs. Uh, as much as you know, we want value to come out of these teams, we want to figure out these backfields, but I don't care about the Rams backfield anymore. I don't care about the Broncos. Uh, I don't care about the Kansas City Chiefs backfield, even though it is the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't care because you know what? Everybody's involved and I'm not trying to figure it out. The only thing we could hope for there is that they're up and they play Pacheco when they're up, but you know, that's we've seen before. Sometimes they don't get up until the third or fourth quarter. And that point in now you're hoping for a touchdown. Honestly, now with Naeem Hines in the mix and the Bills, we got another backfield where I really don't want to have to deal with it if I if all possible. I know some people have to play these guys, but these backfields, all of them, and now including the Colts, if there is no Jonathan Taylor, you got five backfields that I would just stay away from at all costs.
2: I want to circle back to what you said between Najee Harris and Sanders, and I actually gave this one, you'd be shocked, Jake, at me. I gave this one a lot of thought between these three guys, Najee Harris, Miles Sanders, and Antonio Gibson, 24, 25, and 26. The reason that I have Harris over Sanders, and I think objectively you're right, Sanders looks better in this situation than Harris does, uh, especially against the opponent. Like, yeah, the New Orleans run defense is pretty good, uh, as we even saw on Monday night. Uh, Until the fourth quarter, they were very good at limiting what was going on on the ground I just still think at this point in time coming off of a bye maybe there's a bit of a recharge from Najee Harris maybe he can get more involved in the receiving game because frankly I mean Pickett was put in in mid-season and like hell mid-game and yeah they've been able to implement what they want to do maybe during the bye week they can take over more of an offense that features Harris a little bit more in conjunction with Kenny Pickett and then you have the Sanders situation where it's still going to be a split no matter what whether it's between him and Hurts or him and Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell, who, hey, good shouts to us for Kenneth Gainwell last week. That one actually worked out and read that game yeah. properly. But, Wash has, like, the best run defense in football, man. It's really good. So I, I just worry that his efficiency might not be at its peak for his limited touches. I don't think that he's going to get 15 or more carries. And he doesn't do anything in the receiving game, really, because Hurts doesn't check down all that often. So I think baseline-wise, yeah, if you're playing, like, ultimate upside, Sanders is probably the better play. But I think if you're just looking for, like, your median outcome, like you're, you're between the bell, like, the high end of the bell curve, you're looking at Najee Harris this week in half point
3: yeah i i get everything you're saying there part of me wants to see what he looks like too uh, i mean i referenced even said that we saw antonio gibson last year speaking of washington and came out and all of a sudden looks a little bit better Maybe that's the case. Maybe it is. But, you know, even with Najee Harris getting some of the passing game work, it just still hasn't even been Oh, What is he getting, like, six catches for 16 yards sometimes or something ridiculous like that? So I don't disagree with anything you said. I just have some hesitancy of whether or not I want to use Najee Harris unless I'm forced to. But the thing is, is a lot of people who drafted Najee Harris probably don't have that choice anyway unless they went crazy on the waiver wire and got some pickups because you're probably almost forced to start Najee Harris still.
2: Uh, let's talk about Dolphins. Jeff Wilson outsnaps Raheem Mostert 51% to 45%. Do you think this is going to be the plan in this backfield? Is it going to be Wilson slightly over Mostert, or is this going to be a coin flip every week?
3: I think it'll be pretty close every single week, honestly. I think this is now – we've referenced it for a few other backfields throughout this season because the NFL is a copycat league, but this is now looking like – we been saying, oh, this team is like the Broncos. This team is like the Broncos. This team is like the Broncos. This one with the offense and how it's working, because yes, the Broncos offense last year, passing-wise, wasn't that great. But the backfield was. It was every single week. You could just go ahead and start Williams and Melvin Gordon. At the end of the year, they both finished the top 20 running backs. You don't want to have to do it, but necessarily if you have Mostert, and jeff wilson and then your two and three I'd, I'd start both of them this is now looking at with how good miami is with how good my, uh miami is with Tua. this offense clicking with these options at wide receiver i'd start r- both running backs uh so i don't have a problem that they're sharing it definitely moves Raheem Mostert from being a fringe RB1 to an RB2, but I think they're both RB2s going forward, and I'm okay with both. So do you think that I have them misranked then? Because
2: I have Jeff Wilson at number 22, yeah. and I have Mostert at 32. Should they should Wilson be back a little bit more and Mostert up a little bit?
3: I don't know if I would push Jeff Wilson back that much. It's more so I would bring up uh, Mostert similar to... I mean, it's very much like you have Montgomery and Herbert back to back for the Bears. I'd almost, I'd probably almost have Wilson and Mostert back to back, but a few names in between them. So yeah, I would have Mostert more up by. I mean, I'd play Mostert over Cleel Herbert, and I, lo- you know, I love Cleel Herbert, but. The Bears, that's the one we can't predict in a given week. It's like they used them 50-50 two weeks ago, and they both look great, and they both have good games. And then this past week, all of a sudden, it's back to Montgomery 80% of the time. Like, there's no rhyme or reason for the Bears with that backfield.
2: Yeah, so I'll move Monster to 29.
3: I even tried to look. I even I even looked. I was like, well, okay, maybe it's the Bears when they have bad matchups. It's more Herbert or more Montgomery, or maybe it's when it – th- there there's legitimately nothing you can find with the Bears for some reason that says – it's when they're down. It's when it's a bad matchup. It's with everything. So, yeah, I would play most of it over.
2: Were you surprised at how much James Connor played over Eno Benjamin?
3: Mm, no. Uh, I, I think that James Conner coming back finally healthy, Eno Benjamin had the one good game. I mean, outside of that, it, he's been kind of more missed than hit. So, I think we know about Eno Benjamin, or at least what we were saying, and Eno Benjamin's not a lead bell cow running back. Uh, Daryl Williams, that's why you even mentioned it last week that Daryl Williams was a threat to get sprinkled in because, EM, you know, Benjamin just isn't that good. So I wasn't that surprised on James Conner. I had James Conner. Uh, I don't think he was definitely inside my top 20. I know he's like a fringe RB2 for me last week. So I thought I thought he'd be right back into the mix. The same thing with Cordell Patterson, Pat. We talk about it a lot. When the replacement is doing pretty good or even great, actually with Cordell Patterson, the players had been great because Atlanta's winning games in algier And Caleb Huntley were doing things, Uh, you know, Benjamin had been hit and miss. But once these guys come back and they activate them to get them right back out there, it's full go unless the replacements are terrible. The replacement like this week, you go back to the Jonathan Taylor conversation. This brings this into the conversation like Jonathan Taylor has limited practice all week we definitely don't know that he's going to be unleashed as a bell cow because his replacements haven't been that good. So that's where the differentiator lies.
2: So do you think I should knock Taylor down then? I'm at number 12. Like, would you play Damian Pierce (sighs) over him?
3: That's a tough pill to swallow, but I think I might. And I would go A.J. Dillon with no Aaron Jones over There's no, There's no Uh, way walking boot Aaron Jones is going to play, right? Uh, the, every ex, the, everything came back clean. I don't know. Like it, it could just be a protective walking boot. Is that a thing? They, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is just to make sure that like you don't do more damage. And now that they found out everything's clean, maybe he's fine. I uh, Jonathan Taylor's playing through. Well, uh, he didn't play last week, but he was playing through. What they were thinking is a mid ankle sprain. At least uh, Saquon Barkley played through a mid ankle sprain almost the entire second half of the season last year. Yeah, but you have to remember. The Colts
2: were supposed to be pretty crappy after the first few weeks. All the metrics (laughs) pointed to them being awful, yet they started tying games. They beat the Chiefs. So the Colts are now actively going out of their way to sabotage any goodwill and any chance that they have to win. I mean, they have a good coach. They fire him, or at least an okay coach, for a guy who's never coached before. They sit Matt Ryan, who, although he was pretty terrible and very generous in his turnovers to the other team, they started him for a guy who like is barely a quarterback, and like it, it seems like they might just sit out Taylor. Like, no, he's too good. We need to get him on the bench. We're trying to get a real quarterback for next yeah. year. We need to be at the top of the draft.
3: And that exactly that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier is that you just stop playing him at this point. And the same thing is that I don't think the Steelers are there yet, but if Najee Harris is like you do think you have a franchise running back at least for his rookie contract until it plays out. Like, why risk them the rest of the year when you know you're out of it? I mean, there's, for all intents and purposes, the Steelers are already out of it, just as much as the Colts are. Uh, it's the same conversation I brought up to you last week with Josh Jacobs. It's the Raiders. They're, they're out of it. Like, at what point do they say, you know what? Sure, we could run Josh Jacobs into the ground, but doing so actually gives us a pretty good chance of winning games. So maybe we start to seed some more carriers to Zamir White and evaluate him for next year. It's like... There are a little bit little concerns where and I'm bringing this up for more for trade reasons. If J- Taylor does play this week and looks any good at all, like I, same thing with Najee Harris, those three running backs, if you could sell them high right now or after this week, I would before the trade deadline hits.
2: Uh, any other running backs that you want to make mention of backups? Isn't it odd that Jarek McKinnon is playing all these snaps yet doing nothing fantasy relevant?
3: I mean it was McKissick before he got hurt and missed games it's just the way that the Chiefs backfield is again I go back to it it's like Pacheco if you believe it's going to be a blowout and then you think he's going to get he should the way that they've kind of been using him is going to like it's kind of the James Cook situation but he's quote-unquote the lead where James Cook was the second option before they made that trade Uh, and speaking to bring up that backfield and go back to what I said earlier to bring up the Bills backfield uh, whether or not Josh Allen plays this week i that's another one. I'd play Singletary. I'd still go Singletary, but I'm not trying to play Naeem Hines, and I'm definitely not going for James Cook, even if we think they're going to blow him out this week. Uh, Dante Foreman was
2: the last one that I wanted to talk about on Thursday Night Football. Oh, yes. I don't think that his role is going to change whatsoever, even with Hubbard coming back. I think that right. he, he'll still be the number one and whatever, but, whatever he was losing to Blackshear and whoever the hell the other guy who got the touchdown was against the Bengals. Like If they get into a deficit, he's going to be fantasy... I don't want to say that. He's just going to be very bad. Put it that way. He's going to be unusable. But I don't expect them to be down 21 in the first quarter against the Falcons. Maybe they will be. I don't expect that to happen. So I would imagine that he probably gets his 15 plus carries on the ground if this matchup stays close. And the other guys don't really do much
3: right and but what you said is this role is not going to change is what some people might not realize is that the past two weeks and it happened two weeks in a row i brought it up to you last week uh, chuba hubbard didn't play so it didn't end up coming to fruition and but it did his play his box score did matter for what happened is that They're just not using them in the you actually were the one that even took what I said and said they're going to play roles. And whoever the lead is, is the lead role. That's not very much used in the passing game. That's exactly what they did. So Chuba Hubbard coming back, all it does is keep forming in his role. But as you said, the role is what people are missing here is that the role is not a bell cow. Uh, So if something happens where Atlanta gets a turnover or they continue to run and get easy touchdowns in their first two drives, and all of a sudden today it is 17 nothing, even 17 nothing at the half. 17-3, Seventeen three, you might see very little Foreman if Hubbard is playing. Even if not, it'll be Blackshear a little bit, so that's the concern that people should have for Foreman. The, ideally, if the Panthers were the ones to get up 13-17, nothing or something like that, then yeah, the Foreman could have a huge game, so that, that's really what it comes down to.
2: Yeah, essentially, you're just hedgy, like the hedge that you have here, and like even the ranking, I have him inside the top 20. I don't think that you can sit him based on this matchup. It is the best matchup you can have.
3: Yeah, and that's probably the best they're uh, going to have the rest of the season.
2: <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, he's going to get his 6 touchdowns against the Falcons and do nothing else.
3: Ah, <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be nice?
2: If you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, my listeners can order the number 1 rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year and you don't want to miss it. Here's why I love it, because I can just check in on what's going on in my house at all times. And it gives me that extra feeling that when I'm out, that if I do need to check in, or even if I don't check in, that someone will be monitoring my home and that just makes me feel a whole lot better. Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report, a third year in a row. And in case of emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/slash mayo today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com/slash mayo. There's no safe like Simply Safe.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro
1: teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. Wide
2: receiver rankings for Week 10. I got Cup, Tyreek, Jefferson, Adams, Hopkins, Waddle, A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, Stephen Diggs, Murray Cooper. The Diggs ranking is more of an indictment of whether Allen plays or not. Maybe he'll go back to a great connection with Case Keenum. I mean, this would unlock a Case Keenum revenge game against the Vikings, by the way, if Josh (laughs) Allen doesn't go. But if Josh Allen plays, like, he's not 100%. And we saw him try to throw in, like, the the final – quarter against the jets and he was just off like uh, he didn't have the same sort of arm strength anymore
3: mm, yeah that that's concerning uh but of course it's not enough to knock stefan Diggs down that far uh, it does put a little bit of concern on top of the gabe davis who as you mentioned that's exactly what saw a lot of gardner last week and kind of ruined that game for him the one is as crazy as it sounds and uh, rich rebar was the one that pointed it out i think it was two weeks ago I would not have Amari Cooper there. It, it don't. There's no explanation for it. Like There's no reason this should be the truth. But the truth is, Amari Cooper's only good at home. Amari Cooper only scores touchdowns at home, only gets double-digit scores at home on the road. It's been all Donovan Peoples-Jones. And Amari Cooper has terrible games. It's basically Jared Goff at home versus Jared Goff on the road It's just insane because there's like, there's no reason for it. There's no reason that Amari Cooper should be so much better at home. Similar to Ben Roethlisberger four years ago, whatever that one season was, where it was the ridiculous splits that he had because it's outdoors. So it's not like, oh, he's only better on a track. Uh, And I just, there's nothing here, but for whatever reason it is, Amari Cooper stinks on the road.
2: Yeah, I mean he's only played three games on the road, and his last performance against Baltimore wasn't horrible by any means. Like if he's going to give you three no, for se- if if his, his if his bad if his bad game is three for seventy four, I think that you'll take that. So he really hasn't had a bad game since at Atlanta when they lost twenty three to twenty, and then the opening game of the season uh, when, when he still had six targets yeah. in that game. I mean the the Atlanta game was just really weird because they decided, hey, we can just run the ball at will. I'm not concerned about this because my Tammy's defense is so bad that I just want to start whoever against them.
3: No, you're definitely right about that. And I just I was just throwing out there to say, like, what could it be? Uh, You know, it is terrible and you do look for a shootout. But, you know, I'd still go Lamb, St. Brown, Alave over. That's the difference. I would just have Cooper down there with Chris Godwin. It's like three or four spots. It's not a big drop.
2: I'm content with keeping Amari at number 10 here. You mentioned the other name, CD at number 11, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Chris Olave. I'm guessing Jarvis Landry is going to be back this week, but damn, what do I know? Cause the guys <laughs> never may, <laughs> might never play again. I thought he was going to play on Monday night.
3: Uh- <laughs> I know. Well, he's about well, she's going to get the surgery with Michael Thomas to be done for the year all of a sudden. Uh yeah. And I'm not that concerned about Jarvis Landry. If he's out there, I saw, I included him in the waiver column and people were like, well, if Jarvis Landry isn't rostered in my league, what do you think? I was like, I don't care. Cause you know who he is. He's Zay Jones at this point. Are you that excited about Zay Jones? That's who Jarvis Landry is. You might get six for 70 and you might get three for 20 and maybe sprinkles in a touchdown here or there, but if you need them you need them but I mean where do you have them you have Jarvis Landry down by yeah Hunter Renfro and Michael Gallup that that's where he should be like you get that that excited I'd go for I'd easily go for Gallup over both of them just on the upside alone even though it hasn't hit yet I would just go for um, it's what you always say Pat if I'm down in this range I'm playing for the guy who might get me 20 and Landry and Renfro aren't doing that
2: yeah, it sucks about Renfro. I guess Adams really did destroy his career. Him and Mac Hollins,
3: that evil Mac Hollins. That's more that, that, it's more that, like, because, you know, there was like, hey, Darren Waller's not going to, and I'm ringing in a conversation to say I agree with you. Darren Waller, I was down on as in, I think I had him tied in six or seven. He wasn't down that far for me, but my biggest argument was like, Hunter Renfro is not going to disappear from this team. And he kind of has, but what you just said, it wasn't because of Waller and it wasn't because they don't want to use Renfro. It's not so much Devante. It's been, it's been Matt Collins that ruined everything. Like who would have thought Matt Collins came? In? He wasn't even the one that they they thought would might be the number two for this team. Who do they think was going to be the number two? Keelan Cole. Th- that's what I mean. R- Renfro. No Renfro. Oh, yeah. And then like Mac Collins, Matt Collins was going to be the fourth option behind those two and Darren Waller.
2: Yeah. Life comes at you fast. And Waller has been hurt the entire year. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I know. I feel bad. Like, I, I had a lot of Hunter Renfro. I don't anymore. I dropped him a few weeks ago.
2: Well, it's funny. I I, I had a decision in my Keeper League whether to keep Renfro or keep Elijah Moore. And fortunately, I took Renfro. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, not, it's, not that it kinda, it's a lose, yeah. It's a lose, lose on that one because Elijah. Moore... Did you see the highlight somebody put out? Is Elijah Moore highlight from Week Nine, and it was the three plays he ran in motion before the snap, and that was it.
2: It's funny because uh, when we were watching the game, it was like, man, they they gotta have Elijah Moore doing stuff this game because he was like running back and forth across the formation. Just now, just go <laughs> get, get your cardio in, pal. You'll be good to go. <laughs> who else do I got in here? Uh, so <laughs> Alave Godwin at number fourteen, Debo, who I expect to return at number fifteen. Metcalf, Judy Lockett, Christian Kirk. Uh, someone did point out to me that when Marv and Zay Jones are both on the field, Christian Kirk has just been a lot better this year. It just allows him to play the slot, and he's good to go. McLaurin at number 20. I, I put all my uh, prop stock into Heineke overpassing yardage last week, Jake. That did not turn out well for me
3: uh <laughs> that's the risk with Heineke is that like even when he goes crazy and has a decent day for the team it doesn't necessarily mean the yards are there with him which speaking of which when we get to quarterbacks I have an interesting one we should talk about but I think Terry McLaurin you could argue should be higher but not this week against the Eagles uh, this 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 feels like the Tyler Heineke 110 yards and three interception type of game just being insanely reckless or you know i like or or
2: the four touchdown four pick game and washington somehow wins
3: yeah wouldn't that How many people have philadelphia still available in their survivor and are just hammering them this week
2: i saw someone in the big circuit contest ended up they had six entries left in like the million dollar top prize one they used the bills in all of them
3: oh my god
2: I couldn't imagine. I mean, That's... I, I don't want to critique any sort of survivor strategy. Someone who's been out since week three, but I would, if I had six entries left with very few people left, I probably would have like evenly just dis- not evenly distributed. I would have been like three of the bills and then you know give myself some options here.
3: Yeah, even four. I mean, one of the like if you read Survivor pick, this is why because if you're you're at this point, yes, you're surviving, but at this point when you're trying to win the entire thing, you're also hedging the field, and the field was so heavily on Buffalo that yeah, you should have at least taken a dart throw or two, but again, like you, I've been out since, what is it, like week five or six, so how much can I say? DJ Moore is
2: number 21 with Peej, Peej back at quarterback over Faker Mayfield and the returning Sam Darnold, who has apparently been activated from IR. Great news, Alan Lazard. Gave and,
3: that uh, that doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean they, they had to, or they, there was for the season. so that they, they doesn't necessarily I mean he's close.
2: Alan Lazard at 22, Gabe Davis, Deontay Johnson, Josh Palmer, assuming once again that both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both out for the Chargers. Brandon Ayuk, Cortland Sutton, Rondell Moore, Donovan Peoples Jones at 29. And Juju Smith Schuster at number 30, that goes into Thielen, Pickens, Mooney Samuel Devonta Smith, who I'm just waiting for his 12 catch, 200 yard game. It's coming soon. Just never know when. Claypool, Wendell Robinson, Michael Pittman at 38, Darius Slayton, and Jarvis Landry at number 40. As you mentioned, Gallup, Renfro, Khalif Raymond. Assuming no Josh Reynolds, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Isaiah McKenzie, Drake London, Philip Alanis, Dorsett, Zay Jones, <laughs> Mac Hollins, Chris Moore. Again, like no Brennan Cooks probably. Like, is he even gonna play the rest of the year?
3: Uh, this this could be Michael Thomas of last year. I, he's, I, he's, oh, he's, this wrist. He, he's not even hurt. <laughs> he's he's acknowledged, not no. even really hurt. <laughs> yeah, I know. They said it was his wrist. That's what I was putting in quotes. And that was it two years ago. It was the AJ Green one where like I'm not coming back to these bangles. Like you remember that? Or it was just like, yeah, I'm done. Or was it four years ago? Wait, whatever it was. You you know what I'm talking about. When AJ Green was like, uh, I'm I'm still banged up or whatever it might be. And I don't blame him for the frustration. It's just whether or not you believe that he should be out there. Uh, I don't know that he plays. I'm not going to be really that excited. Nico Collins, if he's back. He's not playing. You don't think so? No. See, the one thing I will say is that this might help is if Nico Collins was out there. Not that I'm super excited for him. But that Xavier McKinney, the Giants, who's been one of the best safeties in the league this year, decided to go on an ATV during his week off, and is now out for four weeks because of that. So that's his. He's also the play caller in defense. This is this is a big thing for the Giants' defense to lose McKinney.
2: I was I saw him put up the statement yesterday. He copied it over from like his notes on his phone, saying that he <laughs> went to Cabo, gotten like went like on an excursion. Yeah. It's what people do when they go on vacation. Yeah. So, you know, it's a freak injury. And I looked below and I was like, I I can't wait to read like just how like angry people are at him. Giants fans were like, get better soon. We love you. It was like, really? This is blowing my mind. Maybe Twitter filtered out all of the negative responses. But all I saw was like, <laughs> it, it's okay. You're playing great. We'll see you in like three weeks. It's like, I, I did not expect that.
3: I wouldn't expect that either because they're what? Six and two? Is that yeah. what they're trying to think? Of. Yeah. Six. And two. I, I would have expected maybe if they were like two and six, it'd be like, yeah, whatever. But I don't know. The Giants fans are nice. All of a sudden, look at that.
2: I guess it's just yet yeah, being six and two is just like, Hey, this is great. This is for, this is house <laughs> playing money. with house money. Yeah, playing it's with like, house yeah, money at this go. point. Um, would you move like Josh Palmer ahead of Deontay Johnson and Gabe Davis? Cause I do worry against the 49ers. Uh,
3: yeah. The, the, matchup's a little bit concerning I would, I would play Josh Palmer over both, but I would not go higher than my boy Alan Zard or DJ Moore or Terry McLaurin. I mean, that's as far as I would go. And I'm, I had Josh Palmer inside my top 20 last week because it's just Josh Palmer replacing Mike Williams is the role we wanted to. This is what we talked about last week, is this is replacing Mike Williams. You don't want Josh Palmer replacing Keenan Allen. You want him replacing Mike Williams. And on top of that, there is neither of them out there. Speaking of that, do you think Keenan Allen plays for the yeah. rest of this year all of a sudden? Like, yeah, what... <laughs> What the hell? How did it got worse during the bye, Keenan? Like, re, like, and it's weird because the team's a Super Bowl contending team. Granted, they're not as good as we thought they were or hoped they were going to be. But at the same time, this is just weird. This is weird that Keenan Allen's like, yeah, I don't know. No, it got worse. I'm not feeling good.
2: I would say December is probably the first time that we see him, if we see him at all.
3: Hmm. Around the same time we get to Beckham on the field. Maybe. Where do you think he's going to sign? To a contender. Uh, he's like. The, hot, I don't know. I just I don't know. I know. I just don't know if he wants to go to Green Bay because one that they're not really a contender. And two, you got to go play in Green Bay. He although he said his party in life is done. I'm paraphrasing. Although yeah, I, I call me crazy. But similar to the Rams last year, I could see him going to the Dolphins as the third option. Like oh, because
2: wow. I didn't even think about that.
3: You, you see what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't think like necessarily the second option is even what he really wants to be. I think he kind of wants to tag along and just be what he was last year with the Rams. All signs point
2: to Dallas for me.
3: I, that one makes a lot of sense, too, and he's floated his Giants back and saying, like, he wouldn't mind coming back, but eh, he do doesn't really want to go back to the Giants. He does not area?
2: want to go to the Giants. and not because play he, with Daniel Jones. Yeah, not that he doesn't ever want to go back to the Giants. I'm sure if they were great, he would want to go there. I don't think he wants to be the receiver one catching balls from Daniel Jones.
3: <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I think Dallas makes sense. I, again, I think Miami's the sleeper in this whole thing. they even –
2: It seems like they're off. I mean, maybe it's not. But the way that they scheme guys open, like do we think that Beckham still has the same speed that he had? Because if you don't have speed, you can't play on that team.
3: No, and this is what the perfect fit for Tua is. Tua needs guys that get open quickly because that's where he's so good, and that's why you're seeing Tua with his breakout. But as the third, you don't really need that speed. You could just be – the third option that does you know commands a couple touchdown targets when you're in the red zone a little respect from the defenders i think that's more what it is again we're talking about where does he want to go and who wants him i think they're the sleeper i agree all signs point to dallas but i think miami for me would be the sleeper and hey maybe i'm trying to think if i was going to say maybe baltimore but again like yeah, i don't know that that hasn't even been flo- floated out there though What do you think is a more
2: likely scenario? Michael Pittman from this point on is a high-end receiver three or that he is
3: droppable in fantasy? High-end receiver three. Uh, I don't think it's as good as it was two weeks ago for Ellinger, and I don't think it's as bad as it was this past week for Ellinger. He's in between. He's somewhere in between. Kenny Pickett, probably, like what Pickett has been to at least to this date, which means that Pittman will have some – wide receiver two games, but then a lot of some games like he did last week, I I definitely don't think he's droppable. I just think he's now in the wide receiver three conversation, kind of like Darnell Mooney before Justin Fields woke up.
2: Yeah, I I don't think that Ellinger's waking up and becoming Justin Fields anytime soon.
3: No, no, no. But it's it's not as bad as it was in week nine. And yeah, I'd say the one that was far down, and I'm curious your take on this one, is I would have – Put like for me, I would have me Hardman higher, but I wouldn't have Hardman inside my like top 36 to 40 and be like must start because of my waiver column. I didn't even include him. I actually even said, Michael Hardman, like, I'm not even doing this, I'm not chasing it. Yeah, he's had three good games in a row, but he's still fourth in route percentage. Fourth, not third. Marquez Valdez Scantley still in front of him, Juju Schuster still in front of him. Tony's first game was a few plays and a little bit more mixed in, but people seem to want to grasp onto. Michael harbin's last three or four games are you I, i'm assuming you're not buying into that either
2: no i'm at number 61 i think that he is he's no different than he was in any other year the past three years where he's going to yeah. have he's going to have you like three or four games throughout the course of the season and you're like oh my god this is fantastic he's like a top 10 receiver and then the other games he has like zero points like what <laughs> am i what am i doing and
3: with He hasn't even reached 80 yards in a single game this year, and all his games have come with a touchdown. And I'm just, I'm not going to chase. I know he's been getting them, but I'm not going to chase the touchdowns with him.
2: Yeah, I'm out on doing that. But, like, he's one of those guys, again, that if you're a huge underdog and you're looking for upside, he's the type of guy that you can play if you think you're going to lose anyway, because you might get 30 points from him, but you're probably going to get two.
3: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I'd play him over Drake London, period,
2: at this point i love how much you hate drake london and you're probably the same guy who's like you know who the titans need back trailing burks because he's great
3: <laughs> no, no I, I drake london was my favorite receiver in this draft class i hate the falcons offense like put drake London. like everybody is gushing all over garrett wilson and how great he's been and chris Olave, and i'm like god if drake london just ended up on any other friggin' team in the league let's talk quarterbacks there's a quarterback that you okay. wanted
2: to mention do you want to mention them now or do you want me to run through the rankings
3: uh, you can run through the rankings because he's up there and then we can mention him.
2: Uh, I felt like the rankings were tough to do this week at quarterback, to be perfectly honest with you, because I don't really know what to do with Josh Allen. I'm assuming he's playing. So I went Hurts, Mahomes, Allen, Fields, Tua, Gino, Dak, Brissett, Brady, Kyler is my top 10. And then I have Herbert. The lack of weapons in him being hurt and this bad matchup is not super inspiring to me, but it's a tough week. Lawrence, Jones, Goff, Carr, Mariota, Garoppolo. Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson, PJ P, P, <laughs> P. Walker, and Matt Stafford at number 20.
3: So it was four. It was Justin Fields uh, because it, the, the, the pushback I'm getting when I answer, I, I want to ask you to rank these three, Pat, for the rest of the season, just to see where we're at this. Rank Tua, Dak, and Fields for the rest of the season. Fields to a Dak. See, that's you're you're on the page that everybody, I'm I'm to a Dak Fields. I'm still putting fields last. I, I love it. But the rush, he, he doesn't even throw for 200 yards. He has to be Ryan Tannehill and throw a touchdown, preferably two every single week. I just don't know that this, this I don't think this is sustainable. Uh, see, I, I see, believe I, 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 it,
2: listen, he's not gonna break the rushing record every single week. My thing is that you see quarterback performance go down the later we get into the year once teams start playing in a bit colder weather. And I just think that his game translates a little bit more. You can make the argument that Dak playing inside may have an advantage there, but I don't know. I haven't loved what I've seen from Dak in terms of fantasy upside. Since he's returned, he's playing more of the Cooper Rush, they've called Cooper Rush style plays. They're going to run a bunch, expect him to be efficient and get on their way and play good defense. They're not asking him to do what they used to ask him to do when they lost every game 48-45. It's a better real life scenario, but it's hurting his fantasy game.
3: So if you want to take him over Dak, I have no problem with that, but I'm definitively taking two over both of them. I, I, this is the, this is the breakout that reason why behind Tua. And I don't think there's any reason to doubt him at this point. There's been nothing but wins and performance and fantasy to date with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell together. So I'm still taking, because Tua is sustainable to me and yeah, he's going to have to go to Buffalo. I think. Yeah. For A first. Few,
2: yeah. So, and this is also the big thing too, that when I did the kids, I, when it spat out like the, uh, Strength of schedule in the playoffs. It was really bad for two. It's at the Bills in week 14, at the Patriots in week 16. Packers at home in week 15. That's going to be fine. Uh, he also has an at the 49ers mixed in three weeks from now. So his remaining schedule isn't great. Fields is super easy. And the, the, like almost like the Dolphins, they're both in really good positions because both these defenses are so bad that it's going to force them to be on the attack the entire time. And even like we saw with Fields, it's not like – I mean, even his long touchdown wasn't a designed run, but there are more designed runs, and then they're going to be, like, down by 10 in every game, and he'll just take off. Uh, I, I... Th- Am, yeah, but I am such a sucker for this type of quarterback, and so far over the past five years or so, I have always been early to rank these guys super highly and go all in. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but other times, like you have, like like last year and the year before, like when Jalen Hurts first started playing, it's like you got to rank Jalen Hurts inside your top five. Like this is just what he does every week now, and it, you can't. Overlook oh, it, it
3: definitely. Definitely does, but I think we I also can't overlook what Tua's been doing, too, and I think the Bears, do not they get Philly and Buffalo back-to-back in the play— or, wait, the first week of the playoffs or the second week? Or, wait, is it the first week trying to get into the playoffs and then the playoffs? Either way, and they have the late bye, too, which I hate. That, that, that frustrates me, too, with the Bears. Uh, the Bears in the fantasy playoffs go. Uh, they're at home against
2: Buffalo in the playoffs. Yeah, at home against the Eagles, at home against the Bills, at the Lions in your championship game. But they do go Lions— Falcons, Jets, Packers, the next four. I guess one of those is a buy Oh,
3: the Jets, as, as anarchist. Yeah, I mean, Jets, Jets, that's the- <laughs> Jets,
2: Jets he's legit. But uh, they do allow yeah. quarterbacks to run on them, as we saw with J- Josh Allen still scored like 28 fantasy points, so that wasn't a problem.
3: That's true. I just think it was an interesting conversation because we had it yesterday on the Athletics show, and I said Tua over Fields, and then the DAC was the open debate. But, yeah, I was just curious where you stood on that one. I mean,
2: I have them in back-to-back. The, the issue for me is that if Tua has bad games, they're going to be really bad, whereas Fields at this point, because of this rushing floor, even if it's only 60 rushing yards per week, is just going to be so much higher. He's not going to let you oh. down in the same way that I think Tua, if he has a bad game. No, he hasn't had a bad game, but if he does have a bad game, will let you down because he's not yeah. running. So it, so he's not Rick Atley,
3: Atsley? I can't even say because I'm sick. No, so oh, I'm Rick looking Aspen. at Tua. His bet, yeah. His his worst game outside of the one where he got hurt. His worst game was the Buffalo one. and He's 11.4, 186 and one. So I guess there's your argument there. Every single other game has been good. No, to he, great, he's been great. So. That's why
2: I have him ranked at number five. It just seems like you know you want to marry Tua and you hate Justin Fields. That's how that's, yeah, that's how true. I
3: interpret so, it. Th- yeah. that that's the take we should have. So let's go with that. <laughs> uh are you
2: okay with the rest of the like did, should I have Lawrence? Like, do you how about my Herbert at eleven? Does that like out of Brissett, Brady, Kyler Murray, Dak, Gino, the guys inside my top ten? I don't think there's a huge distinction between these guys, but I just worry about this Herbert matchup a
3: lot. So this is coming from like I I don't have a problem with it because I'm still, even in the season, not that like I admitted last year, like I was too low on Justin Herbert coming out of college. I still didn't come fully around and say like, oh, he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. Let's put him in the Hall of Fame because I I jokingly made the reference to Carson Wentz that one year when everybody's like, oh, Carson Wentz, top five quarterback, rest of his career. They, They found it. It's magic. It's wonderful. And no, I'm not calling Justin Herbert Wentz. I'm just saying we got a little too excited. The, the world got a little too excited of justin herbert for last year and i even bought in for fancy purposes having him as a top five or six quarterback because the weapons but as you mentioned it's the no keenan ellis the no mike williams and uh, this his offense has been disjointed he's been part of the problem he's been banged up a little bit here and there and now it's the matchup on top of it so I think this is more of the Justin Herbert when you don't have all the pieces around him. Not that again, he's not as bad as Carson Wentz, but without the pieces, he's just not that top five quarterback in fantasy that we had last year.
2: Is having Brissette inside my top ten at number seven like just queuing me up for a huge letdown? Oh, of course it is, but I mean
3: it could definitely pay off because it's at Miami. Yeah,
2: I just I give me guys in these games, man. Chicago, Chicago and Miami. Uh, And Detroit at home, just although it didn't really work out last week because everyone sucked on the Packers and the Lions. What the hell happened with that game? I don't know, man. No one. It's not that I (laughs) want to be an Aaron Rodgers defender, but like watching the game, like it's very clear his receivers don't know where to run. (laughs) Like he's and that happened. That happened in the Bills game too with Dawson Knox. Like on that first pick, it's like Dawson Knox just did not run to where he was supposed to run to.
3: (laughs) No, but wasn't even Sammy Watkins on one of those? Like wasn't that the one where Sammy Watkins like turned around and looked at him like what's going on? There was like, like is, is it all really the?
2: There was like five or six of these instances where like Roger it have it, it's funny because you saw the the exact opposite happen in the Washington Minnesota game where there was multiple times in that game where Cousins and Heineke stepped up to bomb it off like a five step drop and they like had to check themselves not throw it's like <laughs> someone got there was like no don't. <laughs> and they, they just like ended up checking it down or throwing it away. Like, Rodgers is putting the ball on point for people. They either can't catch or they're not running towards it. It's weird.
3: It, it definitely is. And Dallas isn't the best matchup no, either. So. No,
2: not a good matchup whatsoever. Uh, let's go to tight ends then. Where are we at for tight ends? Here we are, tight ends. Uh, here's how much of a daze I was in last night when I was doing the rankings because I, uh, I've i been sick for a few days. And I just stared at it. I was like, where do I – do I? Because I did them before the Monday Night Football game. I was like, "Where do I put Mark Andrews in? Do I put him in or do I not put him in?" Like, I debated it with myself for like five minutes. Like, they're on bye. What am I doing? Like, it just some things don't click for you when you don't have full capacity. Fortunately, I feel much better now. But I go Kelsey, Goddard, Hawk on the on the Vikings. Here we go. Ertz, Kittle, me, Timbers, Darren Waller. Maybe he'll be back. Who knows? Dalton Schultz, David Njoku, who's expecting to play this week, at least according to him. Firemouth, Greg. Dulwich, Jerry Everett, Cade Otten over in Munchkin or Munich or however they say it over there, Evan Ingram, who has a back injury, we'll see about him, Taysom Hill, Cole Komet, Higby, who sucks now apparently, Tanner Hudson, Kyle Pitts, Robert Tunyon, and Jawan Johnson. Even with Troutman back, he ended up scoring the touchdown, so that was nice to see. Uh, anyone you really want to make a case for here, or are we just kind of locked into who we're playing at tight end now?
3: <laughs> I think you're locked into who you're playing with, and then at that point, once you get past Taysom Hill and Cole Komet, then it's just... Pray for a touchdown. That's that's just all you're doing at this point. All right. Defense then. Philly coming in at
2: number one. Actually, the big favorites I really lean towards this week. So Eagles at home against Washington on Monday night. Niners Sunday night at home against the Chargers. And again, that depleted and banged up offensive line. Cowboys at the Packers Saints at Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers Giants at home even with McKinney out I still think they're going to be fine against Houston because it's Houston Chiefs against Jacksonville, mm. Bears Bills Browns Raiders then I have like Denver Atlanta Carolina back to back both on Thursday night football then Tennessee Seattle and the Rams uh, any one in particular you want to make a case for or is this smell about right to you
3: Uh, I think it's about right. Uh, Tennessee, you have them in there. I think people that they're widely available and against Denver at home and that Tennessee defense looked really good last week for what, I mean, for just being in that game against Kansas city the entire time. A lot of credit. That's why Derek Henry's dapping everybody up in the locker room. Everybody's super like, why? Are they, why are they filming this? By the way, uh, the Saints you have super high. Which by the way, a lot of people didn't have. I did. I tagged you on it, or I even mentioned you about using the opportunity a lot of time where you can drop somebody who hasn't played or pick up somebody on Monday still. And I have said if you're looking for a defense for the next two weeks, you could look at the Saints who are at Pittsburgh, and then another good matchup next week. And then the Giants are an underrated one, getting Houston another good matchup next week too. But yeah, I think you've you've got all the ones in there that I was even thinking of. I don't think I. Las Vegas. I'd play Tennessee more than Las Vegas. I know exactly where you're going with that. Yeah, <laughs> and I, you're not wrong. But it's it, put it this way: if Jonathan, if Jonathan Taylor's back, I don't really mess with Vegas because it could be the Cleveland situation. Like they're just not even going to let Ellinger throw the ball 15 times. Uh, but if there is no Jonathan Taylor, then I would I would risk the Raiders where you have him. All right, that will do it. On the Pat Mayo Experience,
2: week 10 rankings debate follow Jake on Twitter at @allinkid and you can check out his rankings. Midnight Tuesday, or I guess, do you call it Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning? <laughs> what's what's more a- accurate
3: here? I I told you like to to wor- to stop worrying about that. I just it's Wednesday morning because I put it at 12:01. So we don't have to have the whole midnight debate. <laughs>
2: all right, so after midnight, Jake's going to let it all hang out. On his rankings, on theathletic.com, <laughs> all right? So rate and review the show right. while you're here. playing the Listener's League. Hit the rankings. Hit runthesims.com slash Mayo. Just hit the description. There's a ton of stuff down there. Highly recommend that you go check it out. I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time.
1: Experience! Experience!